Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thank you so much for joining us yet again for another episode. And if you can't hear the excitement in my voice, you're missing something because I am really, really happy to have here with me, who I feel like is a longtime friend, Callie Burnett, my good friend from uh, the East Coast of Australia. Thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast, Callie. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. And, and we had a couple of minutes to chat before I hit the record button, but you mentioned that maybe it's been about six years since we've seen each other in person, or at least since I was there in Australia. I visited a couple of times. You were an absolutely wonderful, very gracious host to have me out there and to connect with photographers and do a little bit of marketing for Photographer's Edit. It's such a beautiful area. It almost, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of the, the California coast, just with a much cooler accent. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad you think that because I'm sure some people don't like it. But yeah, it's great here. It's a really great lifestyle and it's a pleasure shooting weddings here because it's so beautiful. It is beautiful. The culture seems very laid back, at least from an outsider's perspective. And, and the people are just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I really enjoyed myself there. But I'm, I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to catch up. And, and as I told you before we started recording, I kind of wanted to catch up on air too, hear how you're doing, and of course, let our listeners get to know you. But before we dive into some of that, we've, we've started beginning the podcast with something that I'm calling the technique for time or a tool for time. I'm curious what you do in your day-to-day or week-to-week workflow. And we're going to actually talk about this element of workflow in a little bit uh, in more detail, but is there a particular tool, a tip, a trick that you utilize to create freedom for yourself as a business owner, to create more time for yourself as a business owner? I guess I automate a lot of my processes and always looking for a smarter way to do things. So it's in every aspect of what I'm doing and it might not be something I do all at once. So I'm just continually working on that to improve it. Most things I have a process for and I have a bit of a rule that I have to stick to that process because if I don't, I just find I'm doubling hand, double handling things or wasting time. And while I work from home, I generally try to work during standard business hours so that I have the evenings and weekends with my family. Yeah. And because of the tools and the automated processes I use, I don't really have a problem managing my time. I actually have quite a lot of free time. Well, and, and to that point, I, I have a lot of respect for just the kind of pragmatic, very practical approach that you take to business. It's not something that I see in a lot of photographers in our our industry. Uh, And I think that's been a major asset to you as you've built your business there. Uh, And and again, we'll talk a little bit more about your business model in just a little bit. But I, I love the fact that you mentioned consistency in the implementation of your systems. And, you know, this sounds like a very kind of nerdy topic almost for probably for a lot of photographers and artist types. But the reality is that if we're willing to take a little bit of time to develop systems, especially those systems that will help us automate our day-to-day workflow, and we're consistent in those systems, then it really can free us up to focus on other things that we enjoy, focus on the people that are most important to us. 
And I think it's really important to remember that consistency is a big part of that that process. And so I'm glad that you point that out. We're going to actually talk in more detail in just a little bit about how you specifically automate your booking process. We'll get to that. But I'm curious, I mean, you live in such a beautiful area. How do you like to spend your free time? How do you like to spend free time with your family as well? I guess most of it is, well, because we live near the beach, a lot of the times the kids love going to the beach. We, well, I think it's an Australian thing, but we have a lot of barbecues in the park with friends. We pretty much the last 10 years, every year we take an overseas trip. So and obviously take the kids with us. We like to go glamping. Um, <laughs> it's not quite camping, but yeah, <laughs> what, what a is, lot of outdoors and yeah. And what does that look like when you say glamping? I mean, that probably means different things to different people. What does that look like for you all? Well, the last couple of years we, we go to the beach and we're in a tent that has an ensuite and beds and a Oh, kitchen. wow. Now, is this a tent that you bring along or that you build or is it something that's already no, there? No, it's there. So okay. we like some aspects of camping, but having all the gear and you know, dealing with the issues. So this way we just turn up with our bag of clothes and it's, yeah, it's great experience for the kids Yeah, having that experience of camping without all the, the hard stuff. Well, and you mentioned your kids. I have to throw this out here because you, you link from your, your business Instagram account and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and mention these for those listening in. You've got to check out Callie's work. It's absolutely stunning. If you just go to Instagram, it's Callie, C-A-L-L-I-B, just the letter B dot photography. Uh, but from that Instagram account, you also link to a, an account that you have dedicated toward your girls and your girls are just absolutely stunning. Um, and your the way that you capture them is absolutely beautiful. How old are they? So Charlie's 13. She's in her second year of high school and Ivy's four. So she'll be in prep next year. So it's eight, eight years difference between them. Yeah, it's it's quite the spread. And, and I think the last time that... Uh, I got a chance to to chat with Charlie. She would have been what about six years old, I guess, based on yeah, on the time frame that we were talking about. But that's amazing. She's beautiful and growing up. And and my daughter's actually the same age, so it's I'm sure we could compare notes on what it's like to be parent of of a teenager. Yeah, so far so good. It's the little one that keeps me on my toes at the moment. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that works? Well, it, yeah. again, we'll we'll link to these uh, Instagram accounts in the show notes as well, but. One of the things that that uh, that we talk about a good bit here at the podcast actually is family. And I'm curious, besides that glamping that you talked about and, and time at the beach, how do you create that time for each other during the week? Because I know it's easy to get caught up in the busy work of running business and you know maybe there's a late night phone call or maybe a late night session or maybe you create those boundaries so you don't have those what's that like for you as as a parent and a business owner to be honest photography's worked out really well because scott works kind of 9 to 5 job so in the evenings and the afternoons neither of us are working to be honest i don't get a lot of phone calls a lot of my work is because it's automated and i'm providing a lot of information to people i don't get a lot of questions so it's it's not it's really not a problem. I haven't had to stop and think about it too much, which is lucky, I guess. Early days it did probably consume my life a lot more, but now not so much. Okay. Well, and I'm sure this speaks again to the systems that you put in place in your business and 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 we're going to get to that. I know I keep teasing it. We'll get to that here in just a little bit, but it, it really does speak highly of of the way that you've systematized your business and I know that that's a lesson that we can all learn and it's a good reminder for me too as a business owner to make sure to create those boundaries, to put the systems in place that take care of our clients very well. 
but also put the boundaries in place that help balance that personal and business life if there's such a thing. So I think that's really wonderful. Now, how long have you been in business as a photographer? And maybe tell, tell us a little bit about how you got started. I've been a photographer for about 13 years now. I started when I was pregnant with Charlie, so that makes it easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. I'd been working for a government computer centre for the previous 14 years. So when I was pregnant, I really started thinking about a job change that would give me a lot more flexibility and a better lifestyle. So it's just kind of threw myself into portraits and from there it led to weddings. So it wasn't easy early on, but it's as far as meeting those requirements of the flexibility and a better lifestyle, it's been amazing. What was the impetus for even getting into photography in the, the first place, especially coming from the corporate world? It's, it's a totally different thing. What Did you just have this natural interest in photography and, and did you have a connection or connections to other professional photographers? No, not at all. I mean, I I appreciated photos. I was never, it was never like it was a massive passion or anything like that. It was purely looking for something to do that would be more flexible. And initially I started looking at, uh, I think I was looking into doing tax returns for people from home and I think I'd rather stick myself <laughs> in the eye with a pencil than do that. So it, um, yeah, so no, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it, w- it was just out of a need for something more flexible when it ticked the boxes. Interesting. Okay, but this is fascinating to me because, uh, first of all, again, you, you were an, an unusual individual in, in the most wonder- wonderful way possible in that um, you don't have this, this background that's associated with art. You didn't have this just driving desire to get into photography. This was more an, a means to an end, which was finding a more flexible lifestyle as a parent. And I think that's really interesting in and of itself. But not only that, it's not like you just kind of haphazardly take pictures. Your your photography is absolutely gorgeous. In fact, relatively regularly get to, to see your photography in large format. We actually, as you know, have used some of your images for our trade show display. And it's just absolutely stunning work. So not being and not having the background of an artist, how did you develop that craft? Oh, I guess like anything, just practice. It, it was hard early on because I didn't really have anyone to help yeah. and I'm completely self-taught. So there was many times early on where I felt like giving up, but I'd also sort of put so much effort into it that it just wasn't something I was prepared to do, but really just trial and error, I guess. And I've had a lot of years to do that. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, again, I have to speak to the fact that you're so matter of fact in your description of, of how you've developed your craft and really just how you do business in general. But I think that practicality is something that we can all learn for or learn from rather. And so those of you listening in, make sure that you go not only to the Instagram account that I mentioned earlier. And again, that's Callie B uh, dot photography, Callie, C-A-L-L-I the letter B dot photography. But then you can also see Callie's work if you go to her website, Callie B photography all one word, lowercase.com.au. You can see some more of her work there as well. Now, talk to us a little bit about the business model or more specifically the brand position. What, how do you set yourself apart from other wedding photographers uh, on the East Coast there? Well, it's really difficult <laughs> because there's hundreds of them and you know they're all really good. I guess that it would be that I'm a natural light photographer specialising weddings in Noosa and Mullaney. So they're the areas that I like to shoot and they seem to be the couples that I like to attract. So here also 
it's very very much a destination wedding area. Yeah, a lot I can of imagine. people that are getting married in those places actually don't live here. So either interstate or from Brisbane or overseas. Okay. Now, when you say natural light photographer, I mean, that, that's something, that's a phrase that you hear quite a bit in the US market, but is that not as common there in the Australian market? I guess it, it seems to me there's kind of two that, you know, you've got your natural light photographers, but then there are people that are very much into flash photography and, you know, a lot more stylized. That's the two main differences I see. Okay. So it is it is fairly common, especially here on the Sunshine Coast. Well, and and again, I, I can't stress enough for those listening in, make sure you go check out this uh, so-called natural light photography. I mean, it, you would think that it was stylized uh, in some form or fashion, but this this work is just beautiful, Callie, and, and uh, so many props to all the work that you put into developing the craft and for giving us all a wonderful example of really beautiful photography. Now, how do you how are you able to kind of promote this style of photography and ultimately your brand to those destination clients? If they're not in your local market, how are you actually marketing to them? Well, through the website and through social media, um, I guess showing a consistent message in the way I like to shoot, where I like to shoot, I think that comes across. And Instagram is pretty popular at the moment, obviously, and I think it's a really easy way to show your style because it because of the news, you know, the feed that you get. So, right. Yeah. Just the consistency in the display of a particular style. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't like to show images that I guess don't really sit well with what I want to be doing regularly. Right. So I like to show what I want to shoot. Which is just a, a smart business move to begin with, right? If if we, I mean, it is it is a very commonplace thing for photographers to kind of shoot as they're getting started to shoot kind of any and everything in order to get as much business as possible and build portfolios. But really, the goal should be to focus on a particular style for the sake of then attracting that target client. And I think that's really good advice for those listening in. What I'm curious, what the toughest lesson is that you have learned as a photography business owner so far? What comes to mind? I think like I mentioned a bit before, um, to stick to the process. So I have processes in place for a reason. And if I don't stick to them, I seem to regret it. So that might be, you know, not getting a deposit up front or, you know, what, whatever the process is, I've just found, yeah, stick to it. Because <laughs> if I deviate from that, yeah, I, I always find I regret it for some reason. Well, it's easy to get caught up in the busy work. I think we alluded to that earlier, but it, it's just a very simple reality. And as much as, as tedious, maybe even as, as the idea of systems and developing systems and workflows for our business may seem, at the end of the day, it really does help us keep on task, focused, get the things done that we need to in, in, in an efficient manner. It saves us a ton of time. And I, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I, I really am surprised at the amount of time that it seems to take many wedding photographers to run their business. Because you know, if you're shooting, the average uh, photographer, and I, I'm pretty sure, Kelly, that you're still shooting many weddings or that your studio is shooting many more weddings than this uh, during the year. But the average wedding photographer, full-time wedding photographer, may shoot between 20 and 30 weddings a year. And if they have really good systems in place, uh, there's really no need to spend any more than probably 10 or 15 hours a week 
completely uh, running that photography business, not only running it, but also building it if they put the systems in place. This is very possible, and especially utilizing some of these principles that we've talked about on the podcast. But uh, yeah, the consistency and staying in those systems, it's a great reminder for all of us. Now, you, you talked about your photography business, again, just in a very practical manner. I'm curious, though, do you get excited about photography gear? Is there a particular piece of gear in your camera bag that you just really, really love? I don't know if I get excited about it, but um, (laughs) because I've been using the same, uh, I shoot Canon, so I have a Mark IV. I've been using Canon gear, you know, forever. I use a 72-200 lens and a 24-70. I have two bodies, so one lens on each body, and the only time I change it is if I'm using a macro. So I just find between those two lenses it, does everything I want. They're both really nice lenses. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not, um, yeah, like a. A gear junkie? <laughs> no, no. I don't feel, I mean, I'll get new bodies when I feel I need them, but yeah, I don't get overly excited about the different <laughs> technical aspects of cameras. Sure, sure. If you do have to shoot indoors for whatever reason, maybe at a reception or otherwise, what type of lighting setup are you using at that point? So I, Look, most of the time I don't need flash, well, during the day. If I find I do, and even in receptions where I do need flash, I actually have a mag mod that sits on top of my flash okay. and it bounces the flash, so it tends to look a lot more natural. So, yeah, I love that. That's been awesome. And do you, so most of the time, if if you do, and, and as you're saying, it's, it's, it's a rare occasion that you're having to use flash, but if you are using flash, it's usually then on camera. Do you, do you use any kind of off-camera lighting? No, not at all. Keeping it simple. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of transition here then to our, our primary focus for our conversation today. And this is the topic of automating this booking process. We've, we've stressed over and over already in our conversation, the importance of systems, uh, the significant role that they play in helping us run an efficient business. And of course, the benefit there, again, is that we have time not only to to further focus on those things that will actually grow our business, but also to spend time with family, with friends, the important people in our life. But let's talk about kind of the impetus, first of all, behind even developing an automated system, a booking process in the first place. What was the what was the thought process behind that? Did you have maybe a negative experience before implementing a system like this that that pushed you to create the system? What was the thought process behind it? It wasn't so much negative experience. It was, I guess what started it was I was going overseas and I wanted to make sure, and I, I don't think I was taking my computer or I'm, I'm not sure back then, but I wanted to make sure that all my inquiries were going to get answered regardless of where I was, what the time zone was and what I was doing. So that was probably the start of it. And everything I've done has been a slow process. I haven't tried to automate everything all at once. Okay. So the the impetus then is in that, in, in that particular, at that particular moment, you had the opportunity to travel overseas. So as you're traveling, you wanted to make sure that there was a system in place that would, that would help manage the communication with these potential clients. Is that right? Or, or sharing the, the necessary information with them? Yeah. So the inquiry process at the moment is, well, what it used to be is I would email them back. Um, I would often use canned responses with Gmail. 
with the process at the moment, they just go to my website, fill in a form, and they automatically get sent an email that's addressed to them. It mentions their wedding date and location. It also has a link to some additional information, providing them with you know, recommended suppliers, sunset times, obviously pricing, that sort of thing. So that's an instant response that they get within seconds, really. Yeah. And, and so I want to talk a little bit about that, that initial investment page, because it's, it's really interesting. First of all, you have um, what is basically a digital magazine on, on that page. And we'll make sure to link our listeners to this in the show notes so they can take a look at it. It's beautifully done. Um, what was the thought process behind putting that in kind of a magazine, digital magazine format, as opposed to maybe just putting that information on the website? Well, most of the information is actually on the website, but the reason for the magazine, it was actually created as a print version. So that would be handed to people. It was just the digital version was just because I'd already developed it basically. Um, And it was just a way to provide all that information in one go. It's not always the easiest to read a digital magazine. So I do have pages set up on the website with all of that content as well. Okay, that makes sense. And then as far as pricing, you mentioned when they fill out this form on the on the investment page, they'll then get information about pricing. And you know, this has been a, an interesting, um, maybe not so controversial, but certainly a common conversation over the years with photographers, whether or not to post their prices on the website. And this thought of, along with this idea of automating uh, the process of booking a potential client, does it does it get in the way of efficiency not posting the prices there on the website? What's the thought process behind uh, waiting to give that information until they reach out to you? Well, the pricing is actually there on the website. So when they submit the form, they actually on the website get a link directly to it. So they do get it straight away. I guess the reason why I have the form is so I know how many people and who, you know, who's requesting it. Also, because the form is on the website, the website keeps all that data. So if I ever want to analyse how many inquiries or where what the inquiry source was, all of that information is there. And I, I guess if I was just having the, the pricing on the page and not getting any communication from people, I'd have no idea whether anyone's even looking at it. And I do like the pricing being on there because it's all just linking to it. So if I want to change that pricing as well, it's already, I don't have old price lists floating around in right. PDF documents around right. the place. So it's all just updated in one spot. So it really acts as an opportunity to to be able to actually engage with a potential client versus, as you're saying, they, they just come to your website, they scroll through, and then they go away. You act, This actually gives you an opportunity to be able to follow up, engage them, potentially sell them on your service. Yeah. And then because they're getting sent an email as well, it's something people can refer back to. You know, they're not going to have to try and remember, oh, you know, which websites did I go to? They've got something sitting in their inbox. Right. And so they can go refer to that information. Yeah, that's really good. So they they fill out that information, you send them the pricing uh, and, and all the associated information to do with your service. And they decide to book you. Now, something else that you you linked me to, not only was the investment page, but then the actual booking page as well. And this is something that I've actually not seen on any other photographer's website before, where you actually have the complete form and contract all kind of built into one right there on your website. A lot of photographers these days are, I mean, some may still be using paper contracts. Others are using contract services. Some of these third-party companies 
uh, that have contracts built into or built into their service or into a CRM, but you actually have it built into your website. Talk to us a little bit about how you came up with this and, and the thought process behind using this system versus any other. Well, I guess you talk about form, you know, forms where if anyone sends me a form and asks me to print it and sign it and scan it and send it back, I just find that whole process is so painful. <laughs> yeah. So I guess part of it is just making it easy for people. I think these days people expect to fill in a form online and to, you know, a digital signature. So I, I think people are really comfortable with it and especially because the brides are, you know, 20 to 30-year-old, that it's, it is something they expect these days. For sure. While it's on my website, it's a gravity form and it actually does link the data into Light Blue software, my CRM. So I just found the form that Light Blue provided it didn't have as much flexibility. So this way I'm getting the best of both worlds. I'm getting to have the customization on the website, but it also does link into light blue. Interesting. Okay. Now light blue, I don't know, aside from maybe conversation that you and I have had in the past, I don't think that it's a very common CRM in in the States. Is this something that is an Australian based company or how did you find them? It's actually UK-based. Okay. Oh, look, I've been using it for years, and I think at the time I just trialled a few different programs and, um, you know, I was really happy with it, and it's since made some improvements over the years. So it's doing what I want it to do, so I haven't really looked elsewhere, but I'm sure there's plenty of software out there that will do the do the job. Yeah. Well, I think I, I remember you speaking about them in years past, and it's obviously done the job for you. You've built a really successful business, but there's something to be said for utilizing a system that enables you to be able to capture information so that you can follow up and have an intelligent conversation, a helpful conversation with a client or potential client. And I, I think it's a good example for our listeners. There are so many different CRMs out there. Uh, ultimately, the key is that you are capturing that information. You're actually using it to create a better experience for potential clients as well as existing clients. I think that's really important. Now, again, your your approach to business is one that is to be admired. I'm 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 even a bit jealous myself. I just love the the simplicity and the practicality with which you approach your business model. I'm curious if you can recommend a couple of ideas or principles that our listeners, especially those artist types who just don't naturally think systematically, uh, how they can better approach their business and how they wrote how they run their business model uh, in a more efficient manner. What, what's some big ideas they should keep in mind? I guess with automation and workflow, the first thing I would suggest is to make sure there's a reason for it. So don't just start, you know, having processes that are unnecessary. So I guess I've looked at, so with the booking system, not only is it capturing that information, but it's automatically responding to them with a tax invoice and a booking confirmation and a link to where they can pay. So it's looking at the processes that you're currently doing and making them more efficient, just sort of starting with, well, what's the problem and how can I fix it or how can I make it better? And then just slowly working through step by step. And, and if, if I can dig into that just a little bit, this is because it's a really interesting point. Make sure there's a reason for it. You know, there's, there's, it's so easy with all of the potential options out there. When, when we're so busy observing other photographers, their workflows, their photography, the things that they're speaking about at conferences, the suggestions, the advice that they, that they give, um, it would be easy to just kind of try a little bit of this, try a little bit of that. But 
you really have to start with what you actually need for your business. And when you say make sure there's a reason for implementing that particular element of your workflow, you're talking about for the sake of actually growing your own business model, correct? Yeah, I guess these steps are replacing processes without compromise. So I don't want to replace all my communication with an automated response. So it's just working out what things are going to be be better or quicker. And and again, this is easy to do when when or much easier anyway to do when as a photographer and for all of those listening in, if you've established a photography business or maybe you're even getting ready to 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 start in business in the near future, it's important to really clearly establish um, your personal goals, which then kind of drive the business model that you've created, which then drive what you do in business on, on a day in, day out basis, what what you actually are doing in within your workflow. Um, all of these things can be, uh, or the efficiencies can be established uh, much more easily if you're really clear about the direction that you're going as a business. And so if you haven't clearly established that, this is an idea that we've talked about before in the podcast, the big picture view. If you as a listener have not clearly established the direction that you're going, certainly personally, because that drives what you do in business, but especially in your business, make sure you know what it is that you're trying to do with your business. And as a result, the target clients that you're going after. And then of course, the photography that you're doing in order to reach those clients and then innate to that your workflow, your day-to-day workflow that drives your business model that enables you to be able to reach those clients and run that business. Make sure that you've clearly established that because that will enable you then to answer this very point that Callie makes, which is to to make sure there's a reason for the thing that you're doing on that day-to-day basis. Don't simply react, but very proactively decide how you're spending your time so that it actually supports your business. And I think it's a great, great first point. Take us to another idea. Is there another big idea that they should keep in mind? I I may have already touched on it, but just taking one step at a time. I think when you make the decision to change some processes, it can be really overwhelming. So I think just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces and just working through one process at a time and probably starting with the thing that you're repeating so often um, because even though it might be a small step, if you're doing it a lot, it can be a big time saver. So that's probably just start somewhere and just slowly grow from it. These processes have taken me years to get in place and I'm always looking at improving them. But yeah, it didn't didn't happen overnight. And that's a great point to make. We we don't have to do it all at once. I know that I have a tendency, especially when it comes to workflow, I, I see that there could be a, an improvement in what I'm doing. And then I, I get obsessive about it and feel like I have to get it all done at once. I think it's, it's great encouragement for our listeners that, that you don't have to figure it out all at once. First, be clear about the direction that you're going with your business. Then look at the, the way that you're spending your time. And something I've recommended before in the podcast is to literally make a list of how you're spending your complete day from the time that you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed, list out the personal activities, the professional activities, And then go through and get rid of anything that doesn't actually support your long-term personal and professional goals. And then with those things remaining, um, look for opportunities, as Callie is saying, to make them more efficient. Figure out ways that you can automate some of those things, maybe that you can outsource or delegate some of those things, uh, and even just simplify some of those activities by removing any extra unnecessary steps. I think it's really important, and you'll ultimately have not only the opportunity to create a successful business, but also have a life in the meantime, which is, is so important. I think one of the biggest 
uh, potential benefits of being an entrepreneur. So uh, this is this is a really good conversation, Callie. I, I appreciate you making time to share with the Boca Podcast listeners your insight and your experience. Uh, how can they, I know we've talked about it a little bit already, but if you, you'll just share again how our listeners can find you online. So my website is calliebphotography.com.au. Instagram is photography, and Facebook, photography. Um, yeah, on Pinterest and all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to link to these resources uh, in the show notes uh, at bocapodcast.com. But uh, thank you again so much, Callie, for making time for our listeners today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.